0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to Beyond the Brand Podcast. Alex and Evan here. And it's November, one of my favorite months of the year. Uh, The boys, they always like to participate in No Shave November. It's always an excuse for most guys to not get a haircut for the month. Save a little bit of money. That's always good. And for the ladies to not shave their underarms, well, I don't know about all that, but do what you want. I did not participate in Sober October, but I usually spend November basically in hibernation, hence why I will not be drinking until probably my favorite holiday of the year, which is Thanksgiving. Uh, Thanksgiving is, you know, always a great time to gather all the family together and feast our faces out biggest build-up cheat day of the year Uh, but i hope everyone had an awesome halloween i know evan dressed up as uh, the guy from stranger things can't remember his name and i was mermaid man from spongebob uh the highlight of my weekend was actually when i went to pick up cigars with a few buddies and this little girl screamed it's mermaid man as i walked by and it's The cutest thing ever. Uh, I don't know. If that doesn't make you smile, then I don't know, man. I got pretty hyped. But for today's episode, we welcome Evan Spencer, a former Buckeye, was drafted by the Washington football team in 2015 and had a stint with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers where his father actually coached the running backs. Uh, He'll discuss what it was like being in the NFL and having your father as a coach Uh, Spencer is well known for the touchdown pass he threw to Michael Thomas on a trick play going into the halftime in the 2015 Sugar Bowl versus Alabama. They eventually beat Alabama 42-35. Aside from sports, Spencer is an entrepreneur and the founder of The Project Alpha Group. That is a Midwestern-based venture capital firm that invests in growth stage rounds with a focus in alternative energy. The legal B2B and B2C cannabis marketplace and software as a service. So stay tuned to hear his journey and Bruce, take it away. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time, recording out of New York City, New York. Welcome to the undisputed greatest podcast in the world. Beyond the Brand! Hey
1: man, I want to thank you for coming on.
2: Yeah, um, absolutely.
1: Um, yeah, just take us a little bit through, you know, your upbringing, uh, growing up, uh, kind of how you ended up at Ohio State, football, all that good stuff.
3: Yeah. What about your well, geez, that's a... Uh... Uh, I'll be quick. I'll put it to you there. <laughs> um, so probably came out with an Ohio State football, but uh, came out of the womb with Ohio State football. But, um, you know, my family is is entrenched in you know, Ohio State history as it comes. So um, back when my dad was playing, he went um, to St. Clairsville High School, um, came here and played football here at Ohio State, um, and then ended up being at the time like the third leading rusher in Ohio State history. A couple of my, pr- my friends have since passed him, which – you know, I can get a nice little jab now in there. But, uh, you know, that said, it's still, you know, he was, you know, a a real ball player here. um, And a lot of folks remember him for it. Um, You know, he definitely put um, a couple games on his back. And, um, you know, he's a hard-nosed worker. So, you know, once I started to realize how my body works and and figure out that I was faster than most others and, you know, I could do some other things, right? There were, you know, certain things that, um, you know, I had to get better at. But as I, and I opened my eyes and looked around, I was like, holy hell, well, you know, we pretty much got uh, offers from everybody in the Big Ten, but Penn State and uh, Michigan State, and, you know, a few SEC, um, you know, a few Pac-10, or Pac-12, whatever it was then, Um, and, um, you know, so we were rolling from there, and, you know, confidence goes from there, so I, you know, accept my offer to come to Ohio State and play football here, and then we got six and seven the very first uh, season we get here, so, you know, for me, right, you know, coming up as a coach's kid and then having the opportunity and, you know, then being labeled, well, oh, you know, maybe this class that came in uh, definitely overrated, you know, one of, one of the worst teams that we've seen in 50 years because actually through the record, you know, it, we, we definitely were that. But, um, you know, you start to unpack some of those games. There's there's one game that we didn't lose uh, or that we did or like that we lost by more than uh, one touchdown, right? So like every one of those games are one possession losses outside of Miami um also nine seniors weren't nine starting seniors or close to nine starting seniors weren't, weren't playing right so you know i go from you know I, I i played uh football in vernon hills illinois which uh we had a hell of a team uh one of my best friends DeWars daniels who's still up in the canadian football league he he and i were on the same team and um a lot of fun but you know we probably had like four and a half or five thousand people at our homecoming game and that was like the coolest thing in the world dude like you know forever right and then you know fast forward six months or something like that and six or eight months we're playing you know 330 game against Penn State and Devere's not playing and Devin and Devin Smith and I are you know one of the only guys two guys that can come in in rotation right so definitely um, an eye-opener and a kind of strange experience for all of us young cats but you know as you can well imagine you know we, we definitely learned early Um, you know we kind of said piss off to all the other people who said that we weren't, you know, the, 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 class that, um, folks said that we were, um, and cause at the end of the day, we knew we were better. So, you know, then enters coach Meyer <laughs> and, um, you know, there's, there's definitely no person that, um, you know, I can speak of higher than, um, uh, you know, or, or with a, um, uh, with, with, uh, you know, greater passion from the standpoint of like actually being able to, you know, build who I am today. Uh, you know, coach Meyer definitely did it in a, uh, uh, you know, a certain way that was not intimidating, right, but definitely intimidating, um, you know. that.
2: that <laughs>
3: exactly, right, you know, I mean, the man is definitely on, you know, uh, a 100% rating from the time that he wakes up to the time he goes to sleep, but again, being around that is kind of what starts to make you feel like, oh, I can, right, I I can make it through, like, you know, not only I can, we can, right, and, you know, all of those little things in the off season um, you you know, any- early games in that next season when we went 12 and Oh, um, you know, you can unpack all of those games, dude. We, you know, we barely skated by in a few of them, but we, honestly, we were just so scared to lose to see what practice would look like the other, the other uh, week. So, you know, we figured out a way to get it done.
1: Do you have any uh, like, cause he's such an intense guy. Like, do you have any, yeah. you do over this time, especially that championship season. Do you have any funny, like, stories of that that intensity were really showed to you personally
3: yeah um well (laughs) um yeah I mean every one of them but like (laughs) so we would start definitely in camp and it would kind of wind down towards the end of the season but we would start every practice with what was called like circle drill Mm -hmm. and um eventually we found new ways to like work on hand position but you know at, at its essence in football like If I were to like shoot my hands, right, and I shot them wide out on your shoulder pads, um, but then you were to like shoot your hands inside right here and like you grabbed my breastplate or whatever, and nice and tight, it it doesn't matter, um, you know, who's stronger realistically on the football field, the person with inside hands always wins, right, because you have better leverage. So from there, we had this drill called uh, uh, the circle drill, where it literally was like, maybe two and a half to three yard space in between one guy. And then you have a coach in the middle and the next guy's face, you know, you're face to face and the coach blows a whistle and it's literally like, you know, head to head fight, fight for, you know, hand position and try to win and walk the other dude out. So crazy stories, physical stories, you know, dude, that was, that was every practice, right? I mean, that was me versus Duran Grant and Duran's one of the strongest dudes I've ever run the strongest corners I've ever gone against period. Um uh, Every, day to start every practice and it wasn't like you know three people went (laughs) dog i mean it's like okay we're we're pushing 20 like we start in practice sometime soon like what's going on here (laughs) Um, so you know you got those but then also like you know going down to uh uh, the sugar bowl right like you know we got down there and you know maybe it's not as crazy but it maybe it was just kind of speaks to the mindset you know first night everybody you know we're, we're down in um we're down in uh uh, uh North, New Orleans right you know we we went out and you know had the chance to see a little bit of the uh the town but after that next practice the next day you know all the seniors stood up and kind of said hey man like you know we all got it out of us you know we we're, we're here to do a job right you know we know the other cats are going to still be out um you know that's that that's 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 kind of what we want honestly you know we're we're focused on a mission and you know we came down here um uh, um to put in some work so let's go ahead and do it um you know none of us touched the lick of alcohol obviously then until after the game when we were celebrating but um, you know it it just goes all over the board man and the longer I get the chance to think and talk I could probably dredge up a couple more but uh, Coach Meyer loved him to death he was a hard nose and we learned a shit ton from it Um, but you know from that there was definitely a a mentality that we had towards um, you know the back half of our career where it was just like it didn't matter who walked in front of us right, because, you know, I, I, I knew Jeff was going to get the, you know, the edge on, you know, some kind of outside run, and, you know, the running back coming out behind me knew I was going to pick up the next guy, and he had the next guy, right, there's just so much trust there, and, you know, it's really fun to play in that environment, you
2: know. Yeah, we went to New Orleans for, for his birthday. It was mm. quite an animal. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, uh, <laughs> that, that sounds crazy,
3: I <laughs> put it to you that way. Do you eat some good food there, though?
1: we did uh, we did yeah
3: yeah i don't remember the. there's a
1: we did a lot of drunk overeats we definitely got a little yeah. faster that. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah we definitely got our meals in
3: hey hey no judgment over here i was gonna <laughs> say there's that one that's super famous like i don't know if it's like a french style and i'm sure my mom kicked me in the ass for not remembering the name of it but uh you think down
1: there it's like french french Quarter. like it's like yeah
3: all- right, right 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 yeah there's there's i mean we ate at a couple of really good places i can't spit out the name off the top of my head but all in all. It's it's a fun, unique town, that's for sure. I know Mike's having a blast down there. It's crazy. Mike Towns.
1: You're just walking down Bourbon Street and you'll just like you'll see like this place looks like a little fucking like hole in the wall. And then you have yeah. like a like fun bar and there's like amazing food there. It
3: was, it was, yeah. Oh yeah, no, and and you can wow. just dip in and out all the time. Right. It's perfect. Did you mess with the hurricanes down there?
1: Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> too many hurricanes down there.
3: <laughs> yeah. yeah, no. So the hurricanes wow. almost made me miss my flight the next day. <laughs> I probably along with other things, but you know, it is what it is.
2: Hand grenade? Oh, uh, the hand grenade. Have you ever tried? No, I don't remember the hand
3: grenade. Actually, maybe, but I, I don't remember
1: it. All right, so let me pay you, let me pay you this picture. Okay. It was okay. the last day, and then all of our friends left, and it was just me, him, and one other guy. So we were like, we're walking down Bourbon Street, and keep in mind, my birthday is during Mardi Gras, so it's like crazy. Yeah this place they only I think the name of the place is hand grenades they only sell yeah. drink <laughs> it's a popular drink on it's only called. it's called hand grenade they only sell drink. it's about this big it's like a skinny like plastic cup with like a yeah. triangle bottom triangle top and you go up and it's like hey man can you tell us <laughs> what's in okay. it with a grenade at the bottom yeah there's like a grenade somewhere on the bottom yeah. like so what's uh, we're like, so what's in it he's like I can't tell you that like, okay, <laughs> we'll take real uh, right? so we, we, right. take, we, we go to another bar right because you know you go walk around with like the other bars we go like, yeah I drink one, I'm like fucked up already. Like I couldn't believe how like quick it hit me. I look at him, he's like all cross-eyed, <laughs> he's like, yo, I'm gonna get to another one. I'm like, Jesus Christ. Yeah. He finally gets another one, he's blacked out. I'm like, dude, this is I don't like there's gotta be drugs or something in here.
3: Yeah,
2: yeah. We
1: were at a twerk contest, we're like in the front, like smacking asses. <laughs>
3: Yeah, no, so I'm pretty sure at one point, and I know you saw it, but you know that outdoor bull riding thing that's out yeah. it's at one of the bars out there? So I think that was one of our first stops after we won, was like a tequila shot and see who could ride the oh, I, longest. At
1: the front of verbietry, it's in, all the way in the front. It's like one of the first few bars.
3: Yeah, 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 yeah. I know, and, and I think, they, I mean, maybe that was just the night, but they had like some green lights kind of glowing down on the outside or whatever. Yeah. But um, blast, hell of a time. <laughs> Yeah, no, and I, I know my brother had a had a had a kick-ass time down there too, since he didn't have any of the, the obligations. <laughs> but uh,
1: you yeah, uh, know, let's get back on. Let's get back on. track. <laughs> yeah, it's good. A while, but, <laughs> it's a fun segues. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So take us a little bit. Um, I mean, obviously, then you know you entered the draft. After, actually, you know, yeah. let's, let's talk about national championship. Tell us, tell us, what like that was like. That's like, sure. I mean, that's some people. That's that's like. The pinnacle right because some
3: people care more about college football than they do professional. yeah yeah I mean um, I don't know it, it, it first of all I'll address that later but like you know the national championship was and I, and I tell so many people that like it still feels like a dream to look back on it um you know there's just absolutely no way around it right you know the way that we kind of or the way that I kind of set the stage earlier of how a lot of young or the the dudes who came in my class, right? Braxton Miller, Jeff Hierman, Nick the uh, Joel Hales, Durant Grant, Devin Smith of the World, right? We came in at that six and seven season when we everybody told us that we were the worst class in 50 years. So to be able to one go 12 and 0 the next year, uh 24 0 the next year, and then go on, you know, and have almost an undefeated season that lets us go on a run in the first ever college football playoff, right? Like first and foremost, it was terrible that, you know, what happened to Braxton happened to Braxton and like, you know, still can, you know, hear the scream in, in, in the back of my, in the back of my head, just thinking back on that uh, camp practice when he was trying to fight his way back. So from that to getting our ass kicked at home against Virginia tech and then finding ways to just to win football games. Right. Cause you know, we had watched the film. We knew that we were more than good enough to um, you know, wipe the slate clean with everybody that we were going to have to play. Um, we were going to need some big wins and, we're gonna to need to do it, um, you know, in fashion sometimes. And, you know, it was it was exciting to see like week after week. It wasn't like there was a box left unchecked, right? Like after we lost Virginia Tech, it was 63 to three against I think Maryland. Um, the next game we kick somebody else's ass. The next game we're, you know, up in Michigan State night game. They're you know single, uh, you know maybe like six or seven in the country or whatever. We're 14, um, and we go up there and handle them, right. So like from all of those things kind of coming in to like just fall chips falling in line, that was, it gives me the goosebumps still to think about. And then again, tragedy, right? JT happens, you know, hell, what are you going to do? You get a freshman quarterback who takes you all the way through the season and like through some of the most adversity, you know, the adverse games that you can imagine Penn state, you know, he's got a torn ligament in his knee. He's still rolling, right. Played the next game, same knee. Right. You know, so like, um, he ends up breaking his leg and we're like, shit. Um, But, you know, you, you look back, you know, I, I think it. a lot of it kind of can be attested to like, you know, how close we all were, um, you know, top to bottom and then insert Cardell Jones, right, and, you know, tie that tie that closeness into you know, how we were able to just jive and, you know, flow so well with him. Us in the receiver room, we were already used to, you know, for lack of a better term, shit-talking Cardell all day, every day at practice and during the games and, um, you know, everywhere in between so once we were out there it was just more or less like a, you know hey we just got that comfortable you know for lack of a better term happy-go-lucky type of you know we know that we can come out here and compete with our boys because we've seen it um you know and then we went out and just absolutely throttled everybody that we came out against and it wasn't like we you know were expecting it we saw that you know we had potential all throughout the week um preparing for uh wisconsin and then getting to uh, you know Alabama and the national championship against Oregon um, you know we saw it building but like then to put 59 to nothing on Wisconsin we were like oh man so yeah what we saw on film definitely over practice like we probably could beat the Jets right now <laughs> you know what I mean um, and then I tried to slide something in there that I think I'd get you guys on <laughs> um, but, uh, no, I mean, uh, when you think about it, right, like when you're going in against a team that is, has an active dynasty like Alabama did, you know, there is no if, ands, or buts from a confidence standpoint going into that game. Like, you're getting your ass kicked no matter what, right? Every play, every possession. And on offense, we were really doing that. Like, you know, until um, – I well, no, not, not my touchdown pass. Whatever it took us to 14 or 13 points, after that one, you know, we're like, dude, we just walked down into the red zone twice and only came away with three points. And that was because of our own fault. So tighten up and we can kick these dudes ass. And then eventually it was just like, you know, a a wave that they really couldn't deal with. Right. But, you know, underlying thing here is I think it's just because we all were so close and all wanted to play for each other and, you know, all put, you know, the next guy next to us over, you know, ourselves. And, you know, we, we looked up after that and, walked past Oregon and, you know, and, uh, we're national champions. So it's pretty sweet. Yeah. Take
2: take us through that sugar bowl. You had an unbelievable game. A lot of, a lot of yeah. you were the MVP walk us through, you know,
3: the, the block. Dude. Yeah. What fuck well, play? Yeah. And trust me, I'm, I'm sure, uh, Landon and, and me both probably still feel that one. Not going to lie to you, but, uh, <laughs> um no i mean going into that game again right i'm just speaking back to that mentality right you got to go in and saying you know what my guys are better than you my guys are better than you and i'm going to show you at every point that i get um within the the legal realm of the game of football right not doing not doing anything that's cheap but you know getting your ass kicked in the middle of the play so from that standpoint you know obviously that's what i adopted and you know what i acted on during the game but you know i i had a little bit of uh Uh, a personal momentum to get me there too, right? The year before I had uh, in in interviews talked about how we were going to wipe the floor with Alabama and we'd wipe the floor with Florida state. And, you know, Stephen and and, uh, uh, Skip were out there talking about me literally, I think like at at noon the next day and you know, how much of, um, you know, idiot or, you know, how how dare somebody from Ohio state say this and they're only this and they're only that. I'm like, okay, well, whatever, I'll bottle this all up. And then, you know, lo and behold, 12, 12 months later, we get the opportunity to play them. Right. So, you know, I'm, you know, I I tell everybody I know, right. I'm always an actions person and you know, I, you get to know me, I'm a great guy, but you know, especially on the football field, right. Once you cross those lines, it's meant to be, um, a a physical game. Like my job is to just go, go through you. Right. Like it's unfortunate as it is. Right. But you know, that's, that's where my objective is and I got to get there. Um, now, you know, you insert, uh, plays like the the one handed catch that they got that they hosed me on in the second on the uh, second play of the game right what is that right first and foremost right is a lot of you know confidence and trust that I had in you know the quarterback and you know myself but more than anything it's like dude you guys are in here for a battle right and we're going to show you off the jump so that play and then the next time I got an opportunity we were in a curl curl flat Zeke gets the ball over there in the corner, right? So naturally you run curls and you run a flat and this is coming. So if my momentum's coming this way and the play's still going, my job is to pick up somebody, right? Um, you know, again, they're their their hammer, um, uh, um, Landon Collins, right? You know, again, it's about sending the message that, hey, we're here to play, dog, and you know, if you are the the hammer, if you are the, you know, the the, the hard nosed figure of this defense, get ready, because, like it's about to get brought to you. So um, you know, you look at plays like that and, you know, build that all the way out to um, the block at the end of the game where, um, um, you know, I was able to get uh, uh, Trey DePriest and, you know, I didn't even know that I was going to get the other dude too, but, you know, football happens crazy sometimes dudes fall and, you know, um, it, it, it's hard to kind of get to where your responsibility is. And, you know, again, it's just some of those chips falling in the right direction and, you know, uh, a lot of hard work and, uh Lot of badass mentality, not
2: gonna lie. What about that play when Zeke ran, what was it, like 65 yards? You were yeah, going in motion, but you didn't go. Yeah,
3: yeah, in- yeah. So that's the one, right? So here you go. So first and foremost, you got Cardell in the starting his second game, like of substance out of Ohio State. And I think his first and, yeah, it was first down. And, you know, drive where we gotta get points somehow, some way. Um, ideally, probably run a little bit of clog off the or run a little bit of time off the clock, but, like, definitely got to score. Um, and in those games or in those drives, you I mean, you, you got to start off the right way. So you have to, you know, have a positive play to start it off. And I'm looking at Cardell like, dude, we're supposed to motion. We're supposed to motion. Like, you know, you saw Z in, dog. You saw Z in, right? That was me. I was the Z. Uh, and then all of a sudden you see the ball snap. And, you know, from there it's like, okay, well, I could sit here and be like, oh, shit, he didn't, you know, didn't send me in. Or, you know, well. Zeke's still going to hit that hole. And, you know, I still got a job to do type of thing. So, um, you know, from there, I just, I, I tried to do my best to get there as quick as I could. And then, you know, realizing like of the timing of it, it actually worked out pretty well. And had I actually motioned that it probably been counted in the box and those cats would have saw me. Um, and it would have been much harder to get both of them. Uh, but since it happened the way that it did, it, it timed up really well. Right. So right when Zeke put his foot in the ground was when I hit Trey um, and as he cleared the hole, the next guy, um, you know, hit Trey and me and he fell as well. So after that, it's, you know, 85 yards, good guys. Um, and then, you know, tell the defense to go out there and it, hell if, even if they, even if they walk down the field, make sure that it's like five yards at a time or three yards at a time, like run as much as that clock out as you can. Um, and then came the onside kick, which is another stressful in the half moment, but <laughs> um, you know, it's just one of those things where you're like, you know, you're just so locked in that it's just execute, right. That's, you know, you know, everybody can speak to it. Once you get to that, like that, um, that, that, that level of performance and, you know, you know, I got people counting on me and I you know I got my boys counting on me. Um, so this thing kicked up higher than I expected it to, but at the end of the day, like, you know, it's me or him, like it's, it's us versus them. Like, you know, I'm going to get it or he's going to get it and we might not win. Right. Mm-hmm. So, you know, at, asking yourself that month that thing in that moment right then you only have a fraction of a second to decide like you know how much energy would you give in your body to jump up and get it first you know what I mean
2: yeah so, you, so. that shows it's crazy,
3: it crazy bro it's it absolutely nuts
2: yeah that that shows what type of player you are because you could have won 75 percent on that block
3: yeah oh I mean yeah
2: I, 100%, that's I mean yeah
3: and that's and, and again right I, I gave coach Meyer a ton of praise and you know, in the moment, I'm sure that all of the guys can attest and be like, man, like he kicks their ass like this, you know, this sucks type of thing. But like, you know, you get into games like that and you realize, well, you know, I've been training this, this mental decision for the last 36 months. Um, So, you know, given that, right, I'm not losing. There's no way. And then, you know, you just apply that to whatever it is. That's, hey, Evan, go, go, (laughs) go, go throw a pass. So, okay, shit. Well, I've been talking crap to Cardell and the offensive coordinator all year and like you know let's just go do it right and you got to be able to one believe in yourself and then two believe in your guys and you know when it's called you execute and you know it wasn't just me man I mean Cardell has a hell of a game Zeke had a hell of a game Mike Thomas had a hell of a game um, you know on defense Darren Lee had a hell of a game Stevie Miller had a pick six right like <laughs> I mean and the thing is is like Steve we were all talking about how he was going to get that pick right like they run this play on this down and distance and this hash every time, every time we're going to hit them. We're going to hit them with it. And we're like, okay, Steve, like, you know, let's see. All of a sudden Steve picks it and we're all on the sideline. Like, you know, damn, they're running out on the middle of the field, like the game's over. But uh, I don't know, man, it's just, you know, coming out party. And again, like I'd show you if I could, but actual goosebumps that you talk about it. Cause um, you know, Super Bowl is awesome, but um, you know, I, I, I didn't live with any of those guys for, for four years. You know, Super Bowl is incredible, and the Pro Bowl is incredible, and you know, a- a- achieving you know lifetime financial stability is incredible, and for guys who you know need that as their way to get it is incredible. Don't get me wrong, um, you know, but there also is something to be said about those cats that like, you know, after you got your butt kicked and you know you got a C on your math uh, an exam or midterm or final or whatever, but you decided to go play Penn State. Um, you know, and you know, you still had people coming over the next day or, you know, the day before or whatever. Um, you know, you you, you get a really special bond with those um, individuals and you know, for us to be able to end the way that we did and you know, some guys like Nick, you know, they, they, they went one more one more year past the championship and they didn't quite make it, right? So like, you know, again, we were really blessed to be in the position that we were in and then you know, I wouldn't have traded it for the world. Yeah. So
1: who would you say um... Do you keep in touch with any of those guys are you so
3: close to? Yeah. Them? Yeah, no, I mean, you know, obviously life is always difficult, right? You know, some of my friends have kids, some of my friends are, you know, I've moved into three different cities in less than less than uh you know, 8 months and, you know, others like myself now we're on the working world, right? So it's it's always difficult to balance that time from um, you know, being able to make sure that your financial future is taken care of, um, you know, while always being able to but being able to touch base that's life. Right. But, you know, uh, you know, kind of getting into it right now. I mean, yeah, we still love having, uh, you know, voice you know, now in COVID-19, right. Vo- voice, uh, or video chats or whatever we get to catch up, see how people are doing. Um, you know, my buddy, Jeff got married last year and, you know, all of us flew out to Denver. We spent some time up in the mountains beforehand. Um, you know, before that, while we were in school, um, uh, you know we spent time down in Florida playing golf fishing doing stuff you know fun stuff in college and, yeah. and even then right being able to intermix um you know some friends that we all grew up with you know from around where we were from too like you know we we had a pretty special group and you know still do and you know we're pretty um uh, you know with 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 an open door from the you know people that we like to hang out with because at the end of the day like you know we all were generally some pretty good um pretty good folks and you know we tried to act on the right side of um you know right side of the line every time and you know mix it in some some stupid shit every now and again
1: <laughs> <laughs> we all have to every, every now and right? again <laughs> yeah um man, all and I would think too like you, you mentioned before like you went you know you guys that first year you know six and seven and then you guys you end your, your college group with those that same group of guys and you went and national that's just like poetic. Like, what a way to end that! So
3: Literally, yeah.
1: And the relationship you made there, but then yeah, and
3: there's a ton of stuff in there too.
1: Yeah. We
2: tried reaching out to Braxton Miller. He's actually doing his whole entrepreneurial role. Yeah.
3: Uh, yeah, have you
2: guys connected in the past?
3: We have, so yeah. No, and and you know, shout out to Braxton for one being able to, you know, while he was playing, start to you know lay the groundwork of what that entrepreneurial path looks like. Uh, but I'm pretty sure now he's back here in Columbus, um, you know, whether it's temporarily or permanently, but um, you know, he's, I'm um, doing sport or doing stuff um, with a, uh, you know, an e-sports e- company here in town. That's um, actually got a really interesting business plan. Um, you know, very interesting founding team, um, great surrounding cast, but excuse me, it's more, you know, from the Braxton side of things, it's, it's awesome for me to see because, you know, something similar that I, you know, I've had to realize myself, but, you know, there's, there, there's value in the plat, in the platform that we built, um, you know, guys in the league now or not in the league uh, guys in college now, or going forward now are, are definitely going to be able to be compensated. Right. Which we weren't, but at the end of the day, there's still value so long as, you know, you can communicate, so long as, you know, you're, you're willing to put in work and, in and, and, you know, monetize that, that, that platform that you build in, you know, when you look at Braxton and some of the things that he's doing in the entrepreneurial world, it's amazing, right? So, you know, whether that's, um, you know, an equity partner or, um, you know, some form of uh, marketing, branding, engagement role, um, you know, esports all the way to, um, you know, some of the, the the tech and video chat. And um, uh, I think he's in a, a payment encrypted platform, Modi chat as well, right? But like, just being able to unpack all of these and like, holy cow, like these are, you know, legit companies that are getting written about it. You know, some of these guys uh, were once throwing the ball around. It's like, yeah, well, you know, we probably weren't dumbasses, were we?
1: I love that you brought that up because that's something that, like, I, I want to get into is helping athletes build their brand and things like that. Yeah, I, I, I think I mentioned to you about where I work in the city for one of Gary's yeah. companies. I want to eventually move over and work with, like, personal athletes to do that. And I feel like, especially now, like you said, athletes can start getting paid for their likeness and things like that. It's going to make it much easier right because people gonna be reaching uh, out to but like yeah. you guys didn't have that opportunity you guys gotta yeah. kind like, of build your platform and your networking while you were you know at the at the peak of your fame or whatever like yep. well cool. yep. so yep. you know you guys utilize it the right way there's so many guys like you, you think of now and it's like i wonder like what they're doing and it's like yeah. if they had only taken advantage of the platform they had at the moment totally. it's unbelievable what they could be right now and i mean yeah. taking speaking generally but
3: Yeah, I mean, dude, we could write a book about this, honestly. There honestly probably should be a book written about it. But you got to think about like, you know, an individual who probably, um, you know, just from a percentage standpoint, right, got into the university that they got into, um, you know, from a uh, being able to qualify through their academic scores, um, probably more based on the fact that they were athletically inclined, right? Not to say that they weren't there, just to means that they weren't there yet. Right. But then to say, oh, well, I still surrounded myself by these resources. I you know, realized the value of my platform. I surrounded myself with as many mentors and professors and um, folks around the area. Um, you know, and, you know, I wanted to go chase this thing down, um, you know, but, you know, kind of coming back and turning full circle. You know, those are the those are the guys that, um, you know, really make this transition, you know, a, s- a slight bit easier, but. Um, you know, slight's important because, you know, it's, it's very tough, you know, to to the point that you said, right? Like, you know, guys, uh, uh, you know, what are they up to now, right? I mean, the the problem is, is, you know, if you got in that university, you know, slightly above your academic uh, credentials or scoring, um, you know, sometimes, you know, folks need that pathway to achieve that financial success so they can continue to develop mentally, right? And I mean, that doesn't mean that, you're, um, any less smart than the next guy, right. Um, you know, you're, you know, very binary. um, you know, you're sitting there trying to pick up an 18 install playbook in a week and a half. So you can get ready to play week one. Um, but you also got to sit there and get ready for midterms that same weekend. Right. You know, you got a balance of your, you know, your mental cognition, you know, you got to be able to act quickly in one environment. You got to be able to act quickly in another. Um, you know, something that's not easy to everybody. And um, especially once the, the the pads stop hitting and, the, you know, the cleats start stop getting tied up, um, you know, sometime that that imbalance was never really figured out a way to, oh, okay, well, I can get here. Um, once it's done, be in a much better spot to, you know, really start uh, pushing forward from there. But
1: exactly, you
3: know, I just, I, I wish the best for all the guys that go through it, but it's definitely not an easy process.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, you took the words out of uh, Football... Any sport really is not going to be there forever, so you know it's at some point it's something you need to think about whether it's earlier or later on, but it's, yep. it's sooner than later. So,
3: like I'm three sure. three yeah. years, and I think it's shorter than that is the average in the league.
1: Yeah, I think it is. We actually had a conversation with uh, Josh Martin. He was an outside linebacker for the Jets for a few years, uh, mm-hmm. on the Saints last year, went to Columbia, he was undrafted, played, and then he signed over with Vayner Sports. But we had him on for an so and he just said like he he takes full advantage because he's like I never know, like I, I didn't know I was going to be playing eight years in the NFL. So, yeah of all the free things the NFL gave me like the financial literacy class yep. all that stuff and I asked him why before I knew it was free is like, because it was free he's like why not mm-hmm. yeah so, and now yeah. It's on that other side the entrepreneurial side of things that he wants to get into which I think is awesome
3: totally yeah and I mean it's it's you know the business world in general there's there, there's so much to be learned around you and you got to take advantage of what's free but you know you also have to approach your everyday you know in um, interactions with with wide eyes, right? Especially when you're these guys, because unfortunately enough, the very first thing you go to after you get drafted is a rookie symposium. And all that is is three days of folks telling you, here's how people are trying to take advantage of you and screw you. But some, I mean, I'm on the finance side, right? So like sometimes, right? Like, you know, you, you're not really looking at an eyes open perspective at saying, well, huh, they're giving all of the guys here free TD Ameritrade accounts to go sign up and they probably aren't all the most knowledgeable investors from the standpoint of in and out of positions. And knowing that that's a company that's based solely off of transaction volume. Right. So, you know, at the end of the day, they're, they're going to get their money off the transactions and plus the size of those positions. But if they have an incentive to be there at the rookie symposium and Hey, these guys are trying to take advantage of you. These guys are trying to advantage of you. These guys are trying to take advantage of you. It's like, you know, let's really kind of unpack the business model here and let's look at, all of the relationships and all of the dynamics, right? You know, that's one person's opinion on, you know, something that's very important because literacy is important and these guys need to um, continue to, you know, increase their mental repertoire. But um, you know, it, it the, the other side always isn't very green and it's not, um, you know, always a straight line and, you know, entrepreneurship is, is the perfect test of like, <laughs> you think it's just, you know, a straight line from here to there. And little do you know, you'll be under, you know, under your parabola for probably about 80% of the entire time you're there. And then you'll be at even for about the rest of the, you know, 7%. And then you'll get to where you get to if you, you know, you, you continue onwards and you're lucky. You
1: know? yeah, but yeah. So, all right, before we get into your, that's a great segue. Before we get into your entrepreneurial endeavors, and we chop it up so we kind of put everything in order the way we discussed yeah. it. Take us a little bit about. Entering the NFL draft, draft day, and then getting the call from I believe it was your brother, right? Your brother worked for the yeah. call on draft day, that's awesome. So take us a little bit yeah. on that experience.
3: Um man, well <laughs> I'm glad that I don't ever have to do it again, put put it to you that way. Um I, it's weird because I also have like a like a jaded feel to it even watching a draft now and it's it's unfortunate because it's like a lot of the folks that are younger than me and you know, having their dreams um, you know you know, kind of get um, hopefully uh, achieved or, you know, they, they, they kind of get there, but um, you know, it, it's still stressful nonetheless. Right. You know, you're, you're still sitting there and watching names roll off the ticker name, 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 like, dang, like, you know, we kind of kicked their butt and, you know, wait, I'm pretty sure I scored twice against them. And it's like, you know, geez, well, you know, like, dang, like, what did I do? That probably wasn't it. Right. And, you know, again, if you're on the front end of that spectrum, I got many friends, many guys that I played with that were, and, you know, what a blessed life that they um, have right now um, and and definitely had in the moment. Um, But as you kind of get down that pipeline of the draft, it definitely gets more and more stressful. Um, So for me, you know, I knew I was going to be a day, day three guy in and of itself. Right. So, you know, day one was watching all the friends day two, as was much of the same, hopefully that I got like a, you know, one of those weird hopeful calls, <laughs> not weird, but you know, definitely hopeful. Uh, but then the third day, um, you know, it, it kind of got to the point where, you know, I'm just sitting in the basement just literally just watching names go off the ticker and, you know, it's the sixth round and, you know, I'm not falling asleep, but uh, you know, definitely kind of like, geez, when's something going to happen? And my phone starts ringing. And um the first one was, Hey, you know, we're really interested in you, but um, you know, we, it looks like we're going to move in a different direction with our last pick. Um, if so, we'd love to offer you X on an unsigned free agency. And, you know, he had a few of those calls lined up and I'm like, goodness gracious. And then eventually I saw an area code that I recognized and, you know, it was the like 7,000 or 1,000 type of, you know, ending. So I'm like, okay, well maybe we'll see, um, pick it up. Um, and then all of a sudden I just hear a voice that sounds a lot like mine. And I'm like, yo, Cole, wait, what's, what's, what's going on here, man? Like, you know, what's up? Uh, <laughs> why are you calling kind of thing? <laughs> Cause you know, the back of my head, it, it could be anything. It could be like the, you know, jokes or pranks or, you know, something that's happening. I don't know. Um, and he goes, you know what, Evan, we, uh, and the Washington Redskins are going to pick you with the 187th pick of the sixth round of the 2015 NFL draft. And I was like, Holy shit. And then I ran upstairs and my mom was already crying. So I'm sure that like she had, or he had texted her, um, you know, wow in the process or just before, but um, you know, it was, it's a memory that nobody in our family will soon forget. That's for sure. Um, You know, the process was as stressful as, as, as one could ever imagine. But again, like right when I saw that name finally go off and it was mine, it was like, Oh my gosh. And then it was in Chicago. Like a lot of my, my mom's colleagues were downtown and like, saw my picture and highlight and all the stuff pop up on the, uh, on the Jumbotron when they announced me. So again, like, you know, these are, moments and memories that you know I'll definitely take with me to the grave for sure.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. Now take Jeez. us through after that, you know, you, you got injured. Yeah. And you ended up, I think it was the following year or it was later that year, you ended up signing with the Buccaneers practice squad. Yeah. Uh, your dad was a coach on the team, right? He was running backs coach at
3: the time? Yeah, hmm
1: so how was yeah. that? You didn't like the work environment with your dad like that, football and then him being around. Did He coach you growing up. Was that like? something? Uh, that- no,
3: he didn't, and 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 thank God to be 100 so honest. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I changed from playing running back early on to make sure that <clears throat> that that the the conversations in the kitchen after I was done playing. Uh, you know, my like little league games were more comfortable. <laughs> I mean, there there was a lot more to it, but 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 definitely had a had a factor there. But no, after I after I got hurt with the Washington Redskins and. You know, really just wanted that, you know, that, that, that fresh shot or a fresh chance, um, you know, to, to obviously make a team. Um, they, they had me down there for a workout, went down there and killed the workout. And they were like, you know what, we, we really would love to have you. Evan. Um, you know, and then from there, um, you know, it wasn't much of a, uh, you know, them getting ingrained or them teaching me all too much of the offense. And you know, cause when you're on P squad, man, you, you know, you you definitely got to go down there and grind and give a great look to the um, to, to, to the to the first team. Um, so, you know, the emphasis is just focused on effort and going down there and being able to, you know, do what you can do. And, you know, I was on the defensive field, so my dad's on the offense, but I, I say this story to kind of paint the the perspective of, it was awesome because we had a slight separation. I wasn't always on that field and I did work my way to the second and first team on the offense side of the ball. Uh, but you know, I was a receiver, you know, when I was working and, and, and doing some of the scout team, P squad stuff, um. Obviously, you know, we weren't much, you know, engaged with one another. When we were out on the field, we'd, you know, kind of crap talk one another. And, mm-hmm. you know, uh, eventually it would get because Tampa's, it's, I know it's not you know, um, the hottest place in the world, but there's probably, you couldn't convince me that there's a place hotter on the face of the earth than Tampa and having to put on a helmet with a visor on it. So um eventually in, in practice, you get to a point to where I'm like, my dad asked me something. I just like literally blank stare him in the face, back, like, dude, I can't breathe or talk or very much think. So, table it and we'll (laughs) we'll we'll have conversation later um so that was cool but um you know all in all that you know we were we were definitely pros about it and um you know we we made sure that nobody um felt weird by it Um, so that from that standpoint it was a lot of fun
2: yeah i I lived in Tampa this past year so i could agree on the heat
3: (laughs) dude oh my goodness and and i had never played a football game and anything like that before ever. Right. I mean, I, I grew up in Illinois, not granted. I mean, it'd get hot, right. And camp would camp would suck. And we'd have a couple days where it'd be like 95 or like a hundred in Illinois and, it, and it'd be sticky, but the consistency to it being like a heat index of 110 and like, we still just had to go out to practice and like be like, Hey, what's the heat index? Uh, it's like, you know, hundred, 105 right now. What's the time? Uh it's ten thirty. I'm like, Jesus, what? How is that possible? <laughs> um but yeah, so love tampa outside of that. No, don't get me wrong, I, I had a blast living down there and you know I love visiting and excited to watch the team this year, you know, still got some friends down there. But um um it was a blast having having the chance to do everything with my dad down there. Um, you know, and definitely wish that it, it would have been a longer ride.
2: Yeah, it's crazy because uh, I used to coach at Plant High School. I don't know if you're playing. okay. Yeah.
3: yeah. Um. Goodness gracious. Who do I know that might have went to Plant? St. Charles. Andre. Uh. Andre. Uh. Played at um. USF. Gosh darn it. Andre Davis.
2: Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay.
3: So yeah, that that's the only Plant connection I got for you. Sorry.
2: <laughs> but um. Yeah, they, they had to like change practices to like earlier in the morning because it was so hot.
3: Like yeah. That's when we practice, too, because it's the only way to do it.
2: Wow!
3: Yeah. And then that's, yeah, who'd have thought, being a kid from Illinois, I'm sitting there watching, like, practices towards the end of season be, like, wind chill of 25-ish. Yes. And all of a sudden I got to Tampa, and it's like, oh, my God, I can't breathe. Well,
2: aside from being on the team, how, how did you like Tampa?
3: I loved it. No, I mean, like, don't get me wrong, I absolutely loved it. So, Tampa, um, you know, I try to – use analogies to, to, to shed light on things. So Tampa's a, a lot like, uh, Columbus from the standpoint of its growth. Um, there's a lot of economic opportunity there. Um, so for example, like where I lived in channel side, um, I think the Buffets or a, a group of his invested into, you know, a multi multi-million dollar, um, hospital that was right there that's going right there next to um uh, through, was it was amelia or Emily arena or something like that yeah.
1: we've been to that hospital a couple of times yeah yeah okay
3: so that one wasn't there yet <laughs> it, it, it wasn't 100 there yet like you know we the news had just dropped about like buffett buying all of this but from the standpoint of like real estate valuation um you know there's a lot of really cool businesses um there's even a, a you know a pretty unique startup community and then you can kick your way out to St. Pete and actually get, you know, the number one beach in the state of uh, Florida. Right. You can go out to Frenchies and get one of the best uh, fried grouper sandwiches that you'll ever find on the face of the earth. Right. So that part, you know, to my heart and you know, I, I, w- I wish we could go back and eat dinner there tonight. Sounds good.
2: I used to live on Harbor Island. So.
3: Oh yeah. Yeah. We, I was right next to you.
2: Yeah. yeah. I think in Tampa, kind of like a slow grind They're they're continuing yeah. Yeah, All the time each year and,
3: Totally. Yeah. It, it, it takes its steps. Um, you know, each year, um, there's a lot of activity, but it's fun, right? It's, it's definitely a, a, a fun time to go visit.
2: I'm I'm move back to Jersey. Perfect timing. Boom. Coronavirus.
3: <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> no way. <laughs> Goodness. Oh, no, that's tough. Well, you know, at, at the end of the day, we, we know where we need to, uh, escape to when we need a little deep breath. Right. right. So Evan, take us
1: a little bit to, um, you know, you mentioned you wished a lot, the ride went a little bit longer. Take us through the decision where you were like, okay, I, like when did you start really pursuing these other ventures that you've, you know, you yeah. Got? Now tell us a little bit about them and the decision and when you kind of said, okay, maybe I should, you know, veer off from try to go this route as an entrepreneur. And try
3: yeah, to- well, mine was mine was pretty quick, honestly. You know, and I, I, for for me, I, I knew that um, you know m- my goal and what I knew that I achieved uh, achieved really was you know just to be able to prove that, you know, I was good enough or that I, that I felt that I can make it, um, you know, and then after having, you know, made the 53-man roster uh, 30 minutes before, um, you know, that, that that week of, you know, having practiced all that next week, made the 53-man roster, passed final cuts. Um, you know, we, we go into that Thursday, I don't know, let's say three o'clock is the deadline. Everybody past three o'clock. 153-man roster obviously is uh, locked in for their game check for that week. And then 30 minutes beforehand, you know, after have all after having already made it through camp, after I ever after having already injury, and after having already had some of the uh, you know most impressive wins, you know, throughout camp, and um, you know, as we were kind of going out and practice, split practicing against um, Jacksonville, um, you know, I definitely felt that I was you know one of the f- the four, um, you know, at a at a maximum, but definitely five at a minimum. Um, you know, and then after that deadline, 30 minutes beforehand, um, you know, my dad got a uh, a notification on 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 his cell phone that that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers released me, right? So uh, I'll give you perspective. Most folks, when they get released, they their agents usually called. Um, if that's not the case, the individual is probably usually called next. Um, if that's not the case, um, and in the off chance that you know your your father or family member is. Um, you know, a member on staff of the team, um, you know, they 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 probably get their door knocked on. Um, neither of the three of those things happened. And for me, I was like, listen, man, like, you know, I'm I'm here because my physical abilities allowed me to be here. This has always been a dream of mine. Um, you know, but I I, I kind of had the personal decision and, you know, the 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 talk with myself that um, you know, my mind and my, you know, mental ability and and you know, kind of the value of the platform, like we started off talking about. Um, is very much going to be able to out, uh, outpace my my physical abilities, right? And, you know, to be judged like I am now um, and risk my body, risk my mind, and risk, you know, a, a healthy, um, you know, long-term future, it's a waste of time. Um, you know, and for me, I, I I just ripped a Band-Aid from there. Um, you know, I was on a flight, um, you know, started that next week back to Chicago, um, from there, um, and over the next six to seven months, I did 26 interviews with Goldman Sachs and their um, you know private wealth division, and then uh, 14 with UBS. Um, you know, actually, then got an offer from from Goldman Sachs. But you know, all in that time, it was a lot of uh, a fast track for me to be able to find my you know professional curiosity. Um, I, I knew that it was going to be finance, but I didn't know you know finance is a very big word and um, can be very vague unless you know that uh, you're talking to somebody that can walk you through it. Um, you know, and for me, it was private markets, right? It was an ability to get into positions that weren't judged by, um, you know, the human psychology, right? Because like, I mean, at the end of the day, there's so much psychology in, in the public stock markets, and um, there, there's so many external pressures that get put on um, to individual positions that may be good or, you know, may be bad, right? And um, you know, sometimes the moves of those positions aren't always justified. So for me. I wanted to really build a space, one, um, you know, I wanted to build my career in a space that, one, I knew that I could, um, you know, engage with folks that weren't going to have that kind of pressure, right? So I could actually find value. I knew that I was also going to be able to apply value, right? Because I knew I had value on the platform. I knew if I moved back to Columbus, Ohio and started tapping some resources that, hey, we, you know, might be able to put a business together that is definitely pretty competitive in the market, Um, you know, and. And in that, I actually decided to go ahead and make that jump. So um, from there, this was the start of 2017. I went ahead and moved back here to Columbus and really just started, um, you know, hitting the ground running from, like we said, the entrepreneurial perspective. But it all starts from building your book of business and um, really being able to get out and sit in front of folks and, you know, have um, open hearted conversations. And for me, I looked at, um, you know, a lot of personal reasons that, you know, uh, personal health reasons um, looking at my body long-term. I knew I'd broken a leg. I knew I'd done a lot of other things that I was going to have and, and, and am going to have to deal with long-term. Um, and a lot of my friends, if not all of them are no different. There wasn't a, you know, one of those guys to a man could sit here and tell you that, um, that they hadn't played a game hurt. Um, so from that standpoint, there's no way that they get to 80 from the standpoint of not feeling that eventually. Um, you know, and I looked at the cannabis industry as being able to be, Hey, we can deliver, um, finance right so operational finance to an industry that needs it but more importantly can deliver an alternative form of long-term pain management and, you know can cannot deliver an alternative form of medicine that might actually be beneficial from a head trauma standpoint or from a memory standpoint or just from a general brain flow and activity standpoint all of those things are huge and for me to be able to put a stamp on an industry but more specifically the the individuals that I got to do business with and help influence, that was a serious why for me that I, that I knew that I wanted to chase down. Now you apply that into a business, um, you know, you, you got to find ways to cash flow and you got to find ways to, you know, obviously increase the, the value of your positions. And, you know, we've done just that. So, you know, um, you know for sake of a slight monologue, career, I apologize, but, you know, we now uh, sit in a place to where, where the, where the real estate partners to several multi-state operators, multi-state operators, um, across the nation in the cannabis industry. And by, by this, we mean, Hey, I, you know, have four operating, uh, dispensaries in the state of Pennsylvania, but I also have two in Michigan. I'm, you know, opening my, 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 my second in the state of Ohio. And I have, um, I don't know, let's just say, um, four to five going in Jersey. Um, and oh, by the way, we're just doing anywhere from three to $6 million per dispensary or per location, right? Now, if I'm evaluating operating businesses and how well they can scale and if they're essential, if they're not essential, if I have value that can help, if you know, I have value that can't, and then at the end of the day, if it's actually going to change the lives of the end user or not, um, all of my boxes are checked. So for me, building a private equity business where we get to invest in cash flowing assets that... Um, are of top quality in the industry that really needs more um, investment banking um, services like the ones we're providing um, you know again for me from a personal professional um, and from an advocacy standpoint it's 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 just nothing but a no-brainer and you know I'm I'm excited every day that I get to pick up the phone and try to find ways to you know help one more one more person
1: yeah no that's that's awesome I was going to ask you the inspiration behind it you just said you know you hit it from all three three pillars there I mean it's I mean, that's totally, but I mean, so what, what's, what's next for you guys? What's the next big thing for you guys moving forward? Like what's your next move that you guys are looking to do? Yeah.
3: So yeah, next big thing for us is just to continue to close on, um, some of the real estate assets that we have in front of us. Right. So, you know, folks, uh, we, you know, we're, we're we're definitely wrapped up in some, um, some, some, some tight, um, non-disclosure agreements, but. You know, if, if you went on Google and started looking at some of the larger, um, you know, multi-state operators and, uh, you know, that are either public or uh, private you know, in, in the United States, I'd, I'd venture to say that we're the real estate provider um, or partner to, you know, 25 to 30 percent of those individuals that you'll turn around and uh, pull up. So that said, you know, our future, um, you know, in let's just say uh, three to five years Um, You know, we will be the uh, private equity business that you know has not only invested and helped scale um, some of these large partners across the United States, uh, but we also will be the business that has the unique advantage to place capital into those businesses. So, um, if it's required, right? Because um, you know, PE strategies can get long in the tooth and you know, very complex with you know, eyes glazing over, but. If I wanted to go find a way to invest into four things, um, you know, I'm probably going to have to pay flights and pay due diligence folks and pay people to evaluate it. Well, that always happens, right? But if I invest in the real estate, which those folks have to pay me rent every month, um, I can do the very same thing because I get those same financial statements. I get those same due diligence reports. I get to watch how those companies grows over time. Um, so if I do want to make that placement into the company, let's say before they IPO, or let's say before they have another round of funding, my business, the private equity business, um, you know, we have a complete vertical um, and we can make money along that vertical. Uh, so um, in, in in the simplest way possible, that's kind of where we are, um, you know, and, and, and where we're going.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. And do you now do you have anything else you would like to get into? Like, are you looking to go in other avenues or are you looking to like fully see this
3: through before? You yeah, go? well, I mean, I, I definitely say that I'm, I'm looking to fully see this through, man. I mean, I, you know, I, I definitely idolize characters like, you know, the Steve Schwartzman's of the world. It's a private equity uh, fund manager of Blackstone, one of the, the largest private equity businesses in the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I look at the cannabis industry as an industry. That is, um, you know, has serious growth potential. So, you know, if I get to be one of the early supporters of an industry that has serious growth potential that currently doesn't have, you know, a mass array of, um, you know, private equity type of uh, lending and, and investments and you know value-added services, you know, I definitely see, you know, that as being a, you know, really strong position. As um, let's just say, like the Safe Banking Act, um, you know, happens and passes through um, the Congress or through Congress. Um, you know, giving that protection to um, uh, banks federally to do business with marijuana-related businesses. So let's just say if I am a fund manager and I'm able to accumulate uh, an impressive, real estate of, or impressive portfolio of real estate positions in some of the largest and most impressive companies in, in an industry, but we also have some unique um, investments into the equity of those companies too, and let's just say safe banking happens, right? Um, you know I'm in a really unique point um, in the market to be able to have conversations with um, very um, you know um, very large scale um, capital players and some of those are institutions and some of those are you know traditional banks um that can come in on you know better and cheaper lending rates and uh, you know uh, ease of uh, capital raising definitely is um, that much more so so you know, that's where we're going, you know, how we're going to position ourselves in this in this market, um, you know, and, and, and how, uh, you know, I really see, you know, my professional uh, uh, ambitions being able to be grown through that. Now, I you know also on the petitions uh, or the um, um, I'm I am a petitions committee member um, here in Ohio. Um, for the legalization of marijuana, you know, for, for reasons that are outside of the business. And that's, you know, kind of like what we talked about. I'm a football player. I wake up every day, every time I go golf, my knee feels like crap, um, you know, and, you know, past that, I know that I have friends and family members that, you know, have actual uh, uh, illnesses and you know, serious, uh, uh, you know, type of injuries that are happening um, from the days of playing that they have to deal with now. And, Again, right, to be able to say, hey, guys, you know, I, I want to be able to provide a, a, a loosened environment to where um, maybe folks that have the condition of anxiety or maybe the folks that, um, you know, have some version of um, PTSD or, you know, some of these other conditions that at least in Ohio aren't, um, you know, 100%, um, you know, crystal clear on, you know, what's in and what's out. Um, you know, that, that, that's just an additional tranche of people and folks and patients, um, you know, getting help that they actually need it. Um, so that's a real passion of mine, but, you know, scaling the PE business, you know, being able to uh, be a success there, um, but then also help as many patients and help as many folks as possible, um, across the, the, the walks of life done now. I'll just have to be candidates, but, uh, you know, that's where we're starting. And, um, you know, we're, 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 really hoping to make a difference.
1: Yeah. That's incredible. Um, you know, I was going to ask him something about the cannabis thing with the NFL, but you got it. Yeah, me too, kind of, because my brother has
2: his own CBD business. and
3: No way. Oh, yeah. Here we go. So you got my email, right? <laughs> yeah.
2: Um, yeah. I'll send you his email. But um, yeah. Yeah. A lot of family members, you know, judging the whole stigma behind
3: cannabis. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's there. I mean, the stigma is 100% there. And, right. And, you know, for me, right, I look at what we're doing 100% as, hey, we can address this stigma and, you know, we can still provide a level of banking that needs to be here. Right. Um, you know, on the investment side, these folks need to scale and they don't deserve to get 15, 16, 17% cap rates on the real estate with 20 to 30 to 45 year lease terms. Right. That's just ridiculous. These folks are operating business owners no differently than the person that makes Adidas hats with three stripes on them. Right. Um, so from that standpoint, why do they have to have grossly inflated rates compared to the next one? Um, and then you just go all the way down that vertical. It's, it's, you know, exciting for us because it's a lot of work for for, for us to to be able to do. But then you also, you're like, oh, dang, well, this is also probably because of the stigma. Um, You know, how could these folks be business owners? How could these folks, you know, run ethical practices? How could these folks really be helping people from a medical standpoint? And, you know, every day it's just, you continue to, hey, here's what our business owners are doing. Here's what, um, and how um, they're helping patients. Here's the lives that are being changed. Um, you know, and, and truth always speaks for itself.
1: That's great. Great transition to what I wanted to talk about was, do you think part of that stigma too is, I mean, eventually it's going to, over time, it's going to eventually get better. But now the NFL, like they don't drug test more. Like, I mean, yeah. every, I mean, let's be honest, like a lot of guys in the NFL smoke. smoke. Yeah. Do, do you think that's something that'll be help obviously with the stigma? And how soon do you see that happening?
3: And then, yeah, yeah. Um, man. So the the, the stigma is, is definitely um, for, for the math and, and finance nerds is inelastic, right? So, that there, there's definitely going to be a long, drawn out process to um, that stigma 100% being gone. Um, now, you know, with the MLB, with um, the NHL before them, I, I do believe, and, and, then, and then finally the, the NFL, um, those are huge steps to realizing, you know, one, guys, let's open our eyes here you know, our guys deal with pain every day of every, um, you know, of every season that we go into. I mean, and especially in the off seasons, right. You know, at, at its essence, let's find ways to allow them to have more comfortable lives and then, you know, go from there. And then you look at, Oh, but just, it's actually helping with uh, traumatic brain injuries. It's actually helping increase blood flow in certain areas of the brain that actually might prevent folks from doing things that are um, incredibly sporadic or, you know, throwing chairs off of a balcony at their pet house in Miami just because they were mad at somebody, right? You know, I, I remember that guy got hit as hard as I've ever seen somebody be hit by Vontez Burford the year before that, right? You know, so then you start looking at, oh, okay, well, shit, there, there might be something into this that we need to look into to figure out ways to help these folks. Because, again, this is a violent game. This is a violent sport. And, um, you know, the more research that's done, this is, you know, a, a, a maintenance plan right? So let's figure out ways to incorporate it. The more that that conversation happens um, at a high level, um, you know, that's how we address the stigma, but it, it is going to take some time and it will be inelastic for the math nerds out there.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. So um, I'm going to, we're going to let you go here, but on the departing, okay. I do want to get a panel for one of the yeah. where we get guys in the cannabis and CBD industry, his brother, guys like you, Ricky Williams, okay big guy we've been talking to. We've been really trying to get him in on this. We've been discussing mm-hmm. some things back and forth. Um, if we can get you guys all on a panel, I think it would be awesome to have this like discussion between.
3: Yeah, one. dude, you, you, know, you let me know when, and I'm there.
1: there. CEO of uh, plain Jane hemp as well. We had her on for an episode. She's another one we want to include on the panel. Like, you know, really give mm-hmm. it we have a friend in the distribution part of, of it. So we can bring all these aspects together and just have the conversation. Yeah. I think it'd be awesome. Down the line. But, um,
3: yeah, man. I want to you're, you. you're thinking the right way, man. That would be that would be fantastic, and I would be, uh, you know, feel honored to be one of the folks that uh, contributed for sure. Awesome. Yeah, no,
1: we'll definitely. Uh, we'll definitely be in touch and and hopefully get you on again in the future. Um, until then, stay Absolutely. safe. Absolutely. Um, and yeah, man. Best of luck with everything moving forward. Thank you,
3: man, and and stay safe to you guys as well. Wishing nothing but the best. All right,
1: man. You too. Take care. Take care. Yeah.
0: Let me tell you a story about where I'm from Our state might be in the north, but we're as southern as they come I was born in the city, but I'm country to the bone Well, I bleed scarlet and gray, and this is where I call my home It's where I call my home Well, I might be a country guitar singing machine, but there is one thing.